Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you as you bring your word to us. Speak to our hearts. Help us that even as we hear this message, it shall quicken us to do your will and not serve as a testament to our condemnation. Guide us to apply your word diligently in our lives and guide us in our daily choices to do your will in the name of Jesus Christ. You may be seated. I want to thank the church leadership led by our beloved Venerable Professor Sam Ike for this opportunity to share with us some of the things that the Lord has laid in my heart. Our theme for the year remains, O Lord, revive thy work, revive thy people in the midst of the years. And our topic for consideration this morning is renewed obedience to the Word of God. Renewed obedience to the Word of God. As I prepared for this message, the Lord even brought to my remembrance and consciousness some of my own areas of struggle with obedience to the word of God, in particularly concerning a young man who the Lord reminded me to make more efforts in sharing the word of God with him to help him come to repentance and to salvation. Praise the Lord. We've read our text quite a long one, so we will not repeat it. In 2 Chronicles 34, 18-33, concerning Josiah. First of all, before we proceed, I like, usually I like to define key terms in my topics. We have the word renewed obedience to the word of God. Renewed is actually is a past tense for renew. And when we say to renew, we mean to resume an activity after an interruption. To start again something we had been doing. Possibly when we gave our life to Christ, our zeal to do the things of God, to obey God, was high. And over the years, it possibly has waned as we confront some of the daily struggles of life that force us to make decisions and choices. And sometimes, out of the weakness of the flesh or out of our lack of faith in God, our choices would not be said to have been fully compliant with God's word to us. Obedience is compliance with an order or request or law or submission to the authority of another to submit to one's authority. And here we are talking of submission to the authority of God Almighty. Praise the Lord. The word of God, as simple as the word sounds, is one of the most difficult things to define in today's Christianity. But whatever may be your religious traditions or your Christian traditions from your background, at least the one part we agree on, if you're a Christian, is that the Bible is the word of God. I hope so. Okay. 
But I want to add that it also includes the word of God you hear when you come to church. The instructions you get from the church. I know some people may argue when some of those things maybe do not um, fall in line with what they want to do. But those also are part of the word of God. The prophecies. And very important, over this past weeks as we've come to church the word of God has come through prophecy has emphasized calling us back to repentance to obeying the word of God and to doing what God expects of us as believers praise the Lord in our text we read about Josiah to put it in context Josiah became the king of Israel at the age of eight. A descendant of David. King of Judah, actually. Not the entire Israel. Judah was the southern kingdom after the splitting of the kingdom under Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. Um, let's not go into the circumstances. I think that would take be a deviation. But the kingdom of Israel was split into two, the northern Israel with capital at Samaria and the southern made up of Judah and Benjamin with capital at Jerusalem. But more important is that this was a line of David. And in 1 Kings chapter 9, 3 to 9, if we get there, we will see a promise that was made first to David but renewed to Solomon, David's son after the dedication of the temple where the Lord promised that for as long as they walk in his ways, keep his commandments in essence in simple terms, obey his word that they will always have peace their descendants will continue to be kings in perpetuity and the Lord will not only preserve them, but preserve the kingdom. But over time, these descendants of David deviated from God's word, God's purposes, God's instructions, and God's direction. But it came to a climax in the reign of Manasseh. You know, sometimes you read in the scripture, it said like the sin of uh, Manasseh. So he was a reference point. After about 55 years rule in total, if you add the two years of his son Ammon, Israel was a spiritual wasteland. In fact, this was a kingship that actively, consciously, deliberately encourage idol worship and a deviation from God's word. So at eight, after the assassination of his father Ammon, who was the son of Manasseh, Josiah came to the throne. At 16, eight years after his rule, he began to seek God. I guess at this time, he, possibly there were senior advisors guiding him because he was a minor. 
But when he came to full age at 20 and began to assert his authority as king, he started spiritual reforms. And as we read in the passage, he destroyed the idol temples, even sacrificed the prophets, the, the prophets of Baal or their temples. Okay? He brought the kingdom back to the worship of the true God. After they discovered, see how bad things was, they discovered the book, the scripture. That means even the scripture was missing. That is, people had stopped reading it, more or less. Okay? And this generation was completely ignorant. Okay? So you can see if you had 55 years of this terrible period. So those who were born when this great evil of Manasseh okay, um, started, we are now in their sixth decade of life. And by the time this reform started, if you had 20 years, they were in their seventh decade. So for this length of time, that is almost um, 70 to 80 years, the word of God was not seen, not read. So you have a generation that had grown up not actually knowing what God wanted them to do. But this young man decided, and I believe possibly from good guidance and counsel from those who raised him, because from the age of eight, his father was not there. And he decided to lead a spiritual rebirth for the nation. Bringing the nation to renewed obedience to God's word. Unfortunately, he died at the age of 39 by getting involved in a war that was not his business. Sometimes even as Christians, we should be discerning that a Christian does not mean you can do whatever you like, okay? Here was the king of Egypt going to fight the king of Assyria. Yes, maybe they would have trespassed part of his territory during the war. The man, you know, gathered his army and went after the king of Egypt. The king of Egypt warned him and said, look, please, I didn't come to fight you. Go and rest, leave me alone. The people I'm coming to fight, we know them. But he refused and disguised himself and unfortunately he died in that war. And tragedy happened. The sons didn't continue. And the prophesied destruction which the Lord had prophesied upon Israel was hastened because those who came after him did not continue in the line in which he was going. Praise the Lord. So that puts our text in a bit of context so that we understand where we are coming from. So when we look at our topic, renewed obedience to the word of God, like we said, these people came from a promise, a time when they did well, when they were conscious in serving God, and God made certain promises. And then over the years, they did and this young man brought revival as king, renewing the obedience of the nation. So when we say obedience to the word of God, I think a simple definition for me will be simply 
hearing the word of God and doing it. Simple. Uh, we can go into more complex things, surrendering to God's authority, depending on your level of discipleship and all those things. Okay? But let us keep it as simple as we can. Knowing what God's word says and simply doing it. And in James chapter 1 verse 22, reading from the New International Version, it says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive ourselves. Do what it says. That is basically what our duty is. I'm sure we all want to obey God. If you ask everybody now, do you want to do what God says? The answer will be yes. Okay? But somehow we continue. Even when we know that God says this thing we are doing, it's not proper. We continue to do what we like. We disobey God. And sometimes we wonder, is it that people do not understand? Or we do not realize how important it is to do what God has asked us to do. We justify the things we do. Especially in these days where there are many gatherings under the name church. We find one that suits our fancy. And align ourselves. We rather say, my pastor said, my daddy said, my bishop said, my this said, than God said in his word. At least let us take the Bible. Leave the other extrapolations of it. Okay? And one of the things, one of the profound statements that have influenced me over time is a quote that says, you cannot be biblically wrong and spiritually right. Whatever it is you claim you are doing. You cannot be biblically wrong and spiritually right, spiritually correct. So the Bible is not changing to suit your thoughts, your desires, your action. The Bible rules over all human traditions, cultures, and I dare say, human reasoning. For those who think that it is being intellectual when you are against the word of scripture. In Proverbs chapter 30, 5 to 6, the word of God says to us, every word of God is flawless and is a shield to those who take refuge in him. And in 119 verse 160, it also says, All your words are true. All your righteous laws are eternal. That is scripture. Praise the Lord. A lot of times we battle with obedience because of our own personal desires and the things we want. Some of us have almost decided that God does not like us, that God is a killjoy. Okay? I mean, there are too many rules to follow. Too many rules. Don't do this, don't do this. Can't somebody be free? 
Okay? There are certain fun things I have decided I want for my life. I'm not sure God really wants some of these things for me. Okay? You have your plans cut off. Cut out for you. This is where I want to be uh, at 20. Uh, I want to have had my PhD at 35. I want to be a billionaire at this. You have all these dreams. And um, you're a bit suspicious that God um, may not be totally in alignment with my wonderful desires for my life. You know, we see the rich young ruler in Matthew chapter 19 who came to Christ, the young man, asking Christ what he would do to get eternal life. And, and Jesus, knowing him, told him about the laws. He said he has kept all these things from his youth and Christ did not contradict him. So, it was not a false claim. Okay? Jesus is not telling him it's not true. So, it is not about legality. But Jesus gave him a simple advice. Go sell all you have and give to the poor and come follow me. <laughs> Wahala started. You know, some of us are going to go sign Agage towards Jesus and God. This is my beautiful vehicle, my beautiful house. Okay? Uh, you want me to give it up? So sometimes um, those things we desire for ourselves and which we we know that have become an obsession in our lives. And we know that God does not take second place to anything. But our obsession with those things keep us from obeying the word of God. We also see other people who are killing life. That's a new expression I had to get used to recently. Killing life. Our young people say that. Somebody is killing life. Okay. <laughs> that was smiling. Eh? I've used the language. The, the person is killing life. He's killing life. So he's, uh <laughs> he's doing well. He has made it. You know, you keep hearing all this expression. He has, I've had occasion to ask people, what do you mean that somebody has made it? What is this? You have made it. You know, you are killing life. You are. Well, well, um, that's the world where we are in. So, we see these people living fine and killing life, and um, we are suspicious that um, if, we, if we follow this world the way it is, now nah, if I uh, get the quacker before you roll this level. Okay? Somebody asked me that life is difficult as it seems. Why all this wahala? Are you obeying God? Are you not obeying God? And unfortunately, the social media, which is pervasive, has enslaved us. The social media is the biggest weapon for social control. You think it's freedom, but it's a form of social control. When you open the Facebook page of your supposed classmate, and he's posing before his new house. Ah, it's Ah, the queen of John, oh, on Africa. 
Kale le ba le bua le Okay? It's a weapon for social control. You, you think it's freedom, okay? You go on Instagram, you see uh, your mate posing with her uh, husband. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe they have cast children. Ha! Uma amakasekwa. Ine nkegi. Ha yendam rona village. Okay, so now why? But one of the things we must decide is: Are we Christians? Are we believers? Because there are important things that are required for obedience to the Word of God. First, you must believe in God Himself and know who He is, and you must believe that the Bible is the Word of God. And you must also believe that the word of God restores you and does not restrict you. Okay? If you don't have all these things settled, then you will continue to struggle with God wants, what God wants us to do. Basically, renewed obedience must be preceded by a renewed mind. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. If somebody has it, can somebody read for us? Romans 12, 1 to 2. Okay, for want of time, let me just read it. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to renew our minds. That is where it starts. You need to come back from where you have gone off, where you have deviated from God's word from God's plan, from God's purpose. We need to control the things we put in our mind. We need to spiritually wear the helmet of salvation. Okay? You know when soldiers go to war, they give them, part of the equipment is helmet to stop the bullets from entering their brain. Here we need to stop spiritual bullets from taking charge of our mind. Okay? And rather than allowing the influences of the world and the media, let us imbibe and drink and eat the word of God, both by coming to fellowship and hearing the word of God and by our own personal study and prayers. Okay? So we need to feed ourselves with the word of God continually. And to cast down every argument that seeks to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. To settle in our mind that what we need is to walk according to the Lord word of God. You know, in my, in my business of ups and gaining, I get to see a lot of things. One of the things, you, the dramatic 
things that happen is when you tell a woman you are going to have caesarean section. Ah! Ohala starts. They tell you that the children of God, the beloved of God, when you, in the teaching hostel, people behave themselves, I guess, but when you come out of the teaching hostel, in a non-teaching hostel environment, you see all the drama. Some even fall on the ground and roll and roll and roll and roll and roll and call you all sorts of names. Some dance, funny dance, and tell you that they have been chosen. In fact, I remember asking one, who chose you? Has God chosen you for redemption? Or is it that the devil has chosen you for destruction? Okay? It's confident for us when we face dangers to suddenly remember we are children of God. But in our daily lives, do we act as children of God? Is God like your spare tire? Your vehicle spare tire? You don't check the pressure. You don't pump it. You don't even check anything concerning it until the day you have flat tire. Ah! I remember I have a spare tire in my boots. Then you go there and bring it out and the spare tire is flat. Hmm? Is God like that in your life? Is he a spare tire God that is remembered only at times of... Um, problem. But indeed we are reminded in scripture in Philippians 2.5 Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. That same spirit in Christ Jesus that same mind in Christ Jesus is it what is controlling I'm talking to Christians I'm not talking to those who have not yet uh, given their life to Christ at least for now, but we will address everybody. The mind that is in you and controlling your thinking, your decisions, your choices, is it the one in Christ Jesus? Or the one from another place? So, obedience is something we fall short of regularly as individuals. So, I'm not sure there's anybody who has perfected his obedience, at least here on earth. We struggle with it daily. But we must make a conscious decision and decide we want to obey God. See, obedience is an act of worship. It is the only way we show God that we love him. If we truly do. Is the only way we conclusively show God we love Him. In John 14, from 23 to 24, okay, it says, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. The international version. My Father will love them and will all come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own, they belong to the Father. Who sent me? It's our sincere act of worship, our acknowledgement of our love for God. As far as that is a direct command from God, a direct leading. 
by the Holy Spirit. So all the activities, the religious activities we do, they are fine. But add to that obedience to the word of God. Okay, It's not when you finish coming to church, taking part in church activities, by the time you get home, there is a transmutation from this person who came from church and religious activity to a totally unrecognizable person. So your obedience to God and your demonstration of God's presence in your life is a continual activity. Okay? There is no place where it is shown and uh, some other place where it is not. And obedience is something that is so dear to God because um, if we remember the story of um, Saul in the Old Testament where he was given a direct instruction concerning the war with the Amalekites. Okay, that's in First Samuel chapter 15. He was given specific instructions to destroy everything. But in his uh, trying to be religious, as we sometimes try to do, he didn't kill the king. He saved some good-looking rams and cattle. Purposely for sacrifice. And he was reminded that obedience is better than sacrifice. As long as God is concerned. The greatest act of worship you can give to him is obeying his word. By our obedience to God's word, we testify of our faith. We show we trust God. Or in Hebrews 11.6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and is the reward of those who diligently seek him. By obeying God, we exercise faith and confidence. We are saying to ourselves, God will not lead us astray. He will not lead us to destruction. Yes, depending on your level of uh, conviction, some of the requirements sometimes may be difficult. Okay? But you need to trust God. I mean, I'm not sure anybody has been told to, by, like Abraham at the age of 70 to pack his load and start roaming around to a place he didn't know. If you tried it now, your village members may call a meeting. One um, day, Okay? But here was a 70-year-old man who said he had God. Packed his things and started a journey. At least you should have an address where you are going to. At least that is minimum requirement. If you go to tell your people I'm traveling, they ask you where are you going to. Okay? This man had no location that he was traveling to. But he trusted God. 
and it was counted to him as righteousness. A lot of times we in a lot of Christian gatherings we spend our time going for anointing service uh, Holy Ghost ministration so many things we do seeking for God's blessings. But if you read through scripture and look at God's promises they are hinged on obeying the word of God. Blessed is the man who does not work in the world of the wicked or the scornful. Okay? Um, you read Deuteronomy 28. A lot of us like to read, I shall be the head and not the tail. It is anchored finally on if you will obey my words. So maybe that miracle, that blessing that you are seeking, look at your obedience. That may be what is delaying it. And if you could just pay attention to that area of your life. You may be surprised what the Lord will do. I mean, I am amazed when I look at the story of the three Hebrew boys in Daniel. That's one that amazes me that even me myself, I'm wondering what I would have done if I were in that situation. They had a difficult choice to make. The furnace was visible. It was not that they were trying to prepare it. It was, uh, it was there. This was instant death. And here was a king in rage. And the young man said, O oh, king, there is no need to answer you in this matter. <laughs> We were rather born. Very strong conviction. That is if God. We are confident that God can deliver us. But even if he decides that um, it is our time to come home. You look at this young man and you are amazed. And every day we are falling over issues of naira and cover, clothes, uh, public opinion, Things that even are inconsequential. Okay? If people don't clap for you today, so what? Did you die? Did you lose anything? But as a result of the obedience, the Lord delivered them. And they also got the worldly promotion that some of us seek. They were made administrators and governors and things like that. Praise the Lord. So as Christians, we are called to follow the example of Christ because Christ is our ultimate example when we look at obedience. He went to the cross. He laid down his life. was crucified. He paid the price for our sins. And in line with our team, revive thy work, revive thy people. He commissioned us to take this message of redemption and salvation to all men. That is our job. 
That is also one of our acts of obedience. Speak to your neighbor. Speak to your co-worker. Like I said, the Lord reminded me of a particular young, young man who has brought my way and um, I had to take a decision that I was going to take because, yes, we've talked a bit and he has laughed over it and other things, but I had to take a decision that um, I would uh, take this thing more serious. How can this young man be exposed to me all this time and the impact that Christ has made in my life is not transferred to his own life? Okay? He's a nice young man, not necessarily as if he's involved in any bad behavior, per se. Okay? But uh, him and Christianity uh, are not, as the young people say, genuine. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So let's resolve in our own little corners to do this work of commission. It's part of our obedience that Christ has given us. And perhaps if there are any habits, uh, things we do, that the Lord has told us to stop doing. Okay? Like I said, it depends on your level of conviction. Okay? Uh, I'm not, since I start addressing those who are born again, it may not be outright sin. Okay? But it may be, maybe there's one dress you like the way it makes you look when you wear it. You know, if you get it, but I see you look like a million bucks over a guy. Every woman, I see how you look uh, take away. <laughs> that is the slang of the young people these days. Okay? You look like a million bucks. Maybe God is advising you that you should stop wearing that dress, that it is becoming an idol in your life. Could be something like that. I say it depends on your level of conviction. Okay? So, but let us resolve that those choices we make, those things that God points out in our lives, those things that the Lord is reminding us, we should stop giving excuses and ask for strength from God Almighty Himself to take a decision to stop those things. Let this revival come alive in our hearts by our own renewed obedience to the Word of God. The truth of the matter also is that you cannot obey God without God being in you. If you don't know him, who are you obeying? Okay? So for everyone, the first point of call is giving your life to Jesus Christ. Surrendering your life to God. Getting to know him as Lord and Savior, as a person. That will drive your obedience. That is where we start our journey. For it is God that works in us, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So it is God that energizes us. When we surrender to him, when we surrender to his leadership, when we surrender to his authority over our lives, then we can truly say we have come to a point where we now know God and therefore can obey God. Are you in this category? 
you have done what you liked, you have lived life on your own terms, you have not bothered to consider what is God's purpose and plan for my life. The Lord is speaking to you, asking you, my son, my daughter, surrender to me. The Lord's plan for you are good. The Lord's purposes for us are good. And we must remember that where we are is a place of transition. And when we have finished this race, what will you answer as what you have done with the life that God has given you? Have you served him? Have you lived for him? Or have you killed life as it were? And lived it on your own terms. The Bible says that the commandments of God are not burdensome. It says his yoke, they are light, they are not heavy, unlike the yoke man puts on you to crush you, to destroy you. But God calls you to restore the relationship that he planned that was his purpose for your life. And in doing that, you can renew obedience in the word of God. And the word of God is God himself. Praise the Lord. As we round up, Let us consider what we have heard. Let us consider these few words. When I got the topic, I was even wondering what I had to say. Me, myself, I'm struggling with this obedience business. I'm about to come and teach people on it. But I believe that the Lord has spoken to our hearts and called us to remembrance. And for those who are yet to give their life to Christ, the Lord has also spoken to you, reminding you, because I'm sure, possibly, this is not the first time you are hearing the word of God, reminding you and still reminding you that you should surrender to him. If there is any such person who desires to surrender his life, to our Lord God Almighty, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Could you just indicate by a show of hands? Just raise one hand. Or even much better, you can come up here. So that you can experience a new birth that will bring this renewed obedience to God's word in your life and cause a transformation in your life that will bring true joy not powered by the material things of life that you can lose tomorrow but powered by the grace of God 
that is eternal. Praise the Lord. Amen. I will pray. My lifetime, I will give God my lifetime. Jerusalem. He pledged both great and small, not only to hear, but to do and to obey these words of the covenant of God. And in their whole soul, with their whole mind, with all that was in them, to serve the living God. Can you pledge that anew unto God and tell him, Father, my lifetime, my heart, my soul, my thoughts, my actions, my behavior, my character, my decisions, I give them and yield unto your word. That your word will be the ruling guide. Your word will be the deciding factor. Your word will activate a renewed life of sanctification. A life of absolute yieldedness to you that you can bring about a reviving in my life and through me to the life of the others. Can you open your mouth and speak that? Make a pledge to the Lord. Make a declaration to him. Make a yieldedness consciously from the depth of your heart 
And it happened with Josiah. It happened throughout the years of his reign. And throughout all the years while he reigned. Because he pledged his life out. His soul. His mind. The whole of his heart. And those around him. Israel served the Lord. Even serving the living God. It was evident in the whole length and breadth. And everyone knew there was a reviving in the land. Can you say the Lord? This is my heart. This is my life. I will tremble at your words. I will be contrite at your word. I will reveal every area where your word caused a drench in my life. I will open my heart and my life to the recesses of your word. I will act and speak in obedience to your word. Can you speak unto God that morning? You who are here. Where is the word of God clashing with your lifestyle? Clashing with your idol? Clashing with your life plan? Clashing with your ambition? Where have you placed before obedience to the word of God? Can you say, Lord, I give my life. I give my yieldedness unto your word. And Lord, I surrender to you totally. May your word be new, fresh, powerful, quick active again in my life. May I speak by the prompting of your words. May I act by the leading and guidance of your words. May I live every day by the direction of your words. May the light break forth through my life by reason of the revelation of your word. Can you pray that prayer? Can you pray that prayer? Can you pray it as a man with business, with venture, with a family? Can you pray it as a wife, as a woman, with children, with a home, with all before you? Can you pray it as a young person? You're looking at those who are killing life. Can the word of God give you direction? This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You will meditate upon it day and night. You will observe to do according to all that is written therein. And as you do so, and as you hang your life, your word, your plans on it, you shall have good success. And you shall make your way prosperous, guided, prompted by a renewed and absolute obedience to the word. Can you tell God that is the way I want to go? Let it be a yieldedness. You who are here and the word of God has come again to you. And you know that there is no witness in your heart that you belong to God. The spirit of God does not bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. There is no change yet. You are just a church man. You are just a church woman. Josiah also was raised up that way. But at a point in time, there was a rededication. There was a point where he confronted with the word of God. He who has the son, who believes the son, has life. He who does not believe the son, does not receive him as a Lord and personal Savior, does not yield to his control and direction, shall not see life. But the anger of God abides upon him. And he surrendered the whole mind, the whole soul, the whole of his actions to God and others with him. This morning, the Spirit of God says, Jesus beckoning you. I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If anyone will hear my voice, I will come in. I will stop with you. I will restore you. I will give you a new beginning. If you want to answer that call, wherever you are, I want peace. 
I want restoration. I want a cleansing of my past life and action. And I surrender my life to God. I cease the struggling. I cease living by the standards of the world. I cease living by the standards of others. I want the Lord God to guide me and grant me peace and reconciliation with him and forgive me my sin. If that is you, that call is coming again. Don't hinder that call. Hear him. This is the time of salvation. This is the appointed time. You want to make peace with him and have that guidance that he gives you and witness that you are a child of God. Please raise your hand where you are. We're going to pray with you. We're going together with you. That's the first miracle. That's the beginning of a renewed obedience to the word of God. God so loved the world, including you, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. But whosoever remains where he is, unyielding, is condemned already. And you want to escape that anger of God, that wrath of God. You want to make peace. Please raise your hand where you are. We're going to pray with you. And that's the best decision that comes your way. And we will not shake that. If you're raising your hand, please raise it very well. We take time on this so that no one here will be with any excuse. God bless you as you're raising your hand. Is there any other? Please raise your hand. As you're raising your hand, kindly stand humbly by your seat. Is it a good decision? Is it a decision backed by faith? Is it a decision that the Lord is asking you? To come away from where you've been and to embrace life. Life in its fullness. Can I kindly ask you where you are standing? Humbly walk up here. Let's pray together with you. Let's pray together with you. Can the whole church stretch forth your hands towards this one and ask God that that change he brings that is spiritual, that is powerful. You can walk towards me here. That the world, no knowledge, no learning can bring about. But only by his power can also encounter these ones now. That they are old. Just like it was in the time of Josiah and the children of Israel. Where they had to search for the word of God. That the old things of their lives can be swept away and forgiven. The new will come. A time of joy. A time of freshness. A time of peace with the Lord and he will lead them on the rest of the days of their lives repeat this prayer after me from the depth of your heart with all sincerity Lord Jesus I thank you you love me you died on the cross for my sins I am a sinner I have lived my own way I have lived astray from your will and your word this morning I repent from the depth of my heart and I surrender my life unto you. I come back to you with all my heart. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my past. And write my name in the book of life. And give me the power to be your child. Thank you as you answer me. And make a new beginning in my life. The rest of the days of my life, I yield unto you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, as many as receive you, to them you give power to be your children, who we are born not of flesh, not of blood, not of the will of man.
but by your power. And Lord, as they receive you into their hearts, Lord, we ask that the old passes away in the name of Jesus. All things become new in the name of Jesus. A time of freshness, a time of newness, a time of spring in their lives, a time of renewed and active obedience in the word of God in their lives that is evident to every other person around. Father, grant them the peace that passes all understanding. Lord, grant them also joy unspeakable. And Lord Almighty, from today, in the power of your spirit, give them a knowing that they belong to you. And may they be empowered to live for you the rest of the days of their life. In newness of life, in freshness of spirit, and in heartiness of lifestyle. To the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray.